Hello, he, she's, and they. Hello, I'm Will. I'm Kelsey. And welcome to Kiki Quest, our bi-weekly... Oh, boy. And welcome to Kiki Quest, our bi-weekly stupid sexy podcast where we take all of your favorite things and we play dumb party games on a quest for the ultimate Kiki. And this week, we find ourselves in a little street called Stratford-upon-Avon. <laughs> <laughs> to meet a bard in his youth. Ding, 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 ding. Will, have you come home? <laughs> this week we're doing Shakespeare. <laughs> Hello, I'm Shakespeare. <laughs> this week we are doing William Shakespeare and the plays he wrote. Every single play, we're going to cover them all today. All of them. It's going to be a King long John. one. <laughs> <laughs> Others. Yeah, if you saw that thing said 45 minutes or an hour or whatever, that's actually, there's more after that. It's going to be about an eight hour long um, episode this week. We'll be listing in alphabetical order kings of note. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what uh, Richard II is. They just list names of kings. Yeah, we're starting with King John, and then we're going to go back and start alphabetical. King Abe. <laughs> Elvis Presley. The king. The king. <laughs> the king. <laughs> All right. Let's let's talk about our relationship with Shakespeare. Let's. Um, it's kind of almost. We I like don't remember a time before I knew who he was. I guess that's probably everyone. Right. I think he's like like Einstein in that way. He's just in the cultural periphery. Yes. Always. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in a theater family, so I was like always seeing shows and stuff. I was like peripherally aware of it for such a long time. I think I was in some history that I don't remember where she like squeezed my shoulder so I would say my line and then I got a cracker when I went off stage if I did a good job. <laughs> nice. What kind of cracker? I think it was a Teddy Graham. The best. The best kind. For a kid. The best possible. Not even a cracker really. Well, I suppose a Graham. It's cracker. a cracker. That's a cracker. <laughs> That's for another podcast. It's a sweet cracker. <laughs> I think the first one I was in that I remember was in middle school where I went. I did a, it was not a Midsummer Night's Dream. It was the night they missed the forest for the trees. Which was A Midsummer Night's Dream framed by a middle school theater company doing it and stopping it every now and then so these three girls could explain the plot in youthful terms. Awesome. That the kids would understand. Yeah. <laughs> and I played Nick Bottom the Weaver who gets turned into a donkey. Classic. Mm. Classic. My first Shakespeare show was also Midsummer. That's and? probably everyone's first, uh, yeah. huh? Yeah. And I played Edgius. Pardon? Edgius? Isn't that Aegeus? the angry grandfather... Yeah. Who doesn't want his kids to get married? The yeah. <laughs> mm hmm I was also a costumer. You were always aged up in casting from the I, very beginning. I've had this deep voice my whole life. <laughs> my whole life. Maybe someday you'll play the age you are. <laughs> One of these days. Probably when I'm fifty. So the person who introduced me before I came on stage, they would always say, like, Aegeus, Aegeus, Aegea. So I never knew who I was until they said my name. And then I'd come on. And, yeah, they just didn't ever learn uh, how bring to pronounce in, it. Bring in egg yolk. Where is, where is egg cream? And then in my first line, of course, I, I say my name. And so I'm like, that's right. It's me. Eggs and Hammer. <laughs> Tis I, Dr. Eggman. <laughs> um, and then we took a Shakespeare class together. Yes, In college. We did. That was what I think we both agree is one of the best classes we ever took. Absolutely. Um, with Sarah Becker, our professor. She's incredible. Yeah, she taught us how to scan text, which everything is written. Like the basics of Shakespeare, most stuff is written in iambic pentameter. Yeah. And once you like figure out how to scan the text, every play becomes a puzzle mm -hmm. that you can then, you now know the rules of how to solve it. 
I took a Shakespeare workshop in high school. We went to the International Thespian Society one year, and um, we took a workshop, and it was so confusing. <laughs> she did not teach it properly for a bunch of people who don't know what sh- like iambic pentameter is. Right. And so I was so nervous when we started Sarah's class because I was like, "There's it, it, this is going to be hopeless. Yeah, you're Boo Boo the Fool. Boo Boo the Fool. Yeah, your brain was ruined. Yeah. Damn. And it hasn't recovered. Yeah. Yes, Malish. <laughs> 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 yeah, I uh, love that class. I love Shakespeare. It's um, He's my favorite playwright, which is lame. Yeah. But he's the best one. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gay as fuck. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. What's your favorite Shakespeare show? I go back and forth. It usually is Hamlet, which, again, lame. <laughs> but the language is crunchy and tasty and juicy. To um, be or not to be? Yeah. Is he to be or isn't he? Mm-hmm. Is, That's um, my friend to be. Tube dress or not tube dress? That's tube the question. Dress. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, also really love The Tempest. Because I love Caliban and Ariel. I think they're really cool. Yeah. Caliban's like a swamp monster and Ariel's like an air spirit. And I just like them together. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Twelfth Night is probably my favorite. Especially considering that it was an early draft. You know, he didn't get to go back and finish it. I didn't know that. There's a couple breadcrumbs in there that were not revisited. Like uh, in Viola's early piece or in her early monologue where she's like trying to sell herself to the Duke. Um, she's saying, I can do this and this and this. I can dance. I can, you know, I can do awesome poems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she does every single thing that she lists except for singing. And <gasps> it's such song. a music-heavy song or yeah. such a music-heavy show that it totally makes sense that she would sing at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she doesn't. And so that and a couple other things like suggest that it's an early draft. Cool. And that he just didn't get to go back and finish it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Twelfth Night is good because it's sad. It's sad, it's a sad but comedy. it's also one of his funniest. Yeah, it's really it's fucking funny. It's so funny. Yeah. All of that Sir Toby shit. Yeah, the with yellow stockings. The Andrew yeah. Aggie cheek. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah. I also love Henry V. Interesting. I know. Because <laughs> I've done it twice. And oh. So, um, you know it very well. Yeah. Mm, interesting. My Real favorite good. history is Richard II because um, he is a ridiculous character and I think everyone misinterprets it as a drama because all of his stuff is like, like there's a point where he's really sad he's being deposed and he's like, someone bring me a mirror, please. Someone finally brings him a mirror and he looks at himself and he's like, considering that my title and life have been stripped from me, it's amazing that I still look so beautiful. <laughs> And it's hilarious. <laughs> so that's my favorite. The Mark Rylance, Mark Rylance is Richard too. I'm sure. It's awesome. I'm sure it's hysterical. It's very oh, funny. Yeah, we would be remiss not to mention Mark Rylance in this episode. Mark Rylance. Olivia. His Olivia. Yes. Oh, my God. He One plays Olivia in Twelfth Night, glides across the stage. Just, in my opinion, the premier. Absolutely. Interpreter of Shakespeare. I wish I could say Kenneth Branagh is like... Premiere. Yeah, I want to be the person who believes that Kenneth Branagh is like is the best 
at adapting Shakespeare and has the best interpretation. Of course. He's brilliant. What he has done for Shakespeare, especially in the 90s, all of his film adaptations right. is like really incredible for mm-hmm. keeping Shakespeare like in Relevant. the public eye. Yeah. It's huge. Um, but he is so goofy. <laughs> He is so goofy. His Sir. Hamlet is hilarious. Sir Gilderoy Lockhart himself. He's going to have a good time. I love it. <laughs> and get drunk with Judy Dench after shooting. Yeah, come on. Yeah, baby. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Fry, another uh, yeah. incredible Shakespeare yeah. actor. Love We're just going Shakespeare actors, I guess. Lawrence Olivier. Uh, Sarah Bernhardt. <laughs> <laughs> If you laughed at that, you're listening to the right episode. (laughs) You're going to have fun here. Today, we'll be bringing back an old game, a new game. Start over. Today. (laughs) It's all about those opposites in Shakespeare. We're going to return to um, a relatively new game yes. that we introduced for our holiday episode. It is called Naughty or Nice. Ooh. So Kelsey and I have a bunch of subjects, basically, and we are acting as judges, and we are deciding if each of these topics goes on the naughty list or the nice list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will kick us off. Oh, do you have yeah. more to add? Once we rule, once we make a ruling, uh, it's set in stone. Yeah. The, it cannot go over to the other side. Yes. Unless... This particular item goes through a series of trials right. and uh, comes out the other side a fully realized and uh, self-aware not concept. Concept. <laughs> yeah, but that take, can take months. Yeah. And this is not witch curse. This is just Santa Claus's policy, and we don't <laughs> want to upset. We don't want to step on any toes or anything. <laughs> We're a young podcast. We can't get sued <laughs> yet. Yet. We want to later. We're working we... for it, but yeah, right. All right. Naughty or nice, Kelsey. A middle school production of Titus Andronicus. For those of you who don't know, Titus Andronicus is the goriest, most violent of his plays. It's basically about two houses seeking revenge on each other, but they end up eventually, when like she chops off his daughter's tongue, so he kills her sons and bakes them into pies and she eats them. So, a middle school production of that. So, are we ruling on whether it's good for the kids or not, or whether it's good for the audience I or not? I think that's up to you. Cool. <clears throat> I was thinking audience when I wrote it, but I hadn't considered that. I really hadn't considered thinking about the children as people. <laughs> I think it would be such a fun, like, black box production, you uh-huh. know, to get kids interested in Shakespeare. Yeah. I'm really kind of like, what the fuck ever. Like, do whatever production you want to do with kids. Yeah. Just get them interested in it. Yeah. Um, it, it's so good for their brains. Yeah. Uh, but... As an audience member. You don't want to sit there. I don't want to watch that at all. It sounds very bad. Yeah. I I would like to put it on the naughty list because I don't want to sit through them trying to interpret that text. I think we can put it on the naughty list. Okay. It can be a lab production. Okay. A project. Great. For so them. it's shorter also. Yes. It's a cutting. Follow up. An elementary school production of Titus Andronicus. Nice. That's on the nice list 100%. Mm-hmm. I would... I would tape my eyes open. I would be like, I, I can't miss a single second of this gift the universe has given me. There may be just a few things I wouldn't give to see that. <laughs> I would really like to see that production. <laughs> On the list of things you won't give up, your new salad spinner. I won't give that up. Yeah. I will not get. I'll give up my old one. Yeah, and your horcruxes, of course. Well. Gotta keep those. I don't want to be. 
dust. <laughs> All right. Will, naughty or nice, the poison that R&J took. The poison itself? Yes, that Romeo and Juliet took uh, so that they could, that the friar Lawrence gave them. The fake poison that's supposed to make them look dead, yes, but not the, actually. The drought dead. of sleep. And then they fuck up and they think it's actual dead. I say the drought of sleep is absolutely nice because it did its job to the letter. That's correct. Though of the, of the three players in that operation, it's the only one that didn't fuck up. Yeah. Couldn't possibly be its fault. That's right. nice. There's only one person that's responsible for fucking all of that up. Friar. Benvolio. <gasps> Wait, right? tell me more. Isn't Benvolio, wasn't he tasked with getting word to Oh, Juliet? I guess he was. You're the one who was in it. You probably remember better than I I'm do. I'm probably I think that's saying correct. the wrong character. Um, but whomever was yeah. responsible for telling Juliet did not get to her in time. Yeah. So when she found Romeo, she thought he was dead. So she just did. Yeah. But we know for sure the draught didn't fuck up. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Nice. And I love Friar Lawrence. So you won't hear me saying anything bad. I wasn't. I was surprised that I thought you were going to. And I'm surprised that you thought I would. I'm surprised that you would even consider a world where I would think poorly of Friar Lawrence. I'm surprised we're still talking about it. I'm not. (laughs) All right. What's your next one? (laughs) Okay. Naughty or nice? Someone leaving a room and saying, "Exit pursued by a bear." What room? Uh, In my head, it was a restaurant. Nice. Nice. Uh huh. If it was in a, like a rehearsal room yeah. with a bunch of Shakespeare actors, it, I think that'd be naughty. That's naughty. Yeah, because that person is probably insufferable. Yeah. But in a, just a restaurant, in a restaurant around a bunch of normies? Yeah. What if, it's a, nice. what if it's an after party after rehearsal? Oh, naughty. Naughty. Yeah. Okay, great. So That's we will even say... worse than the rehearsal room. Because if you're in a really tense rehearsal room or just really focused, and then someone whispers, "Exit pursued by a bear, you're probably it's probably going to crack up. A little gig. Yeah. A little giggle. You know what? That's nice now. It's just the after party. That's... Nice asterisk. <laughs> yeah. Can't do this Can specific thing. Can be revoked. Can be revoked. Uh, yeah, if you abuse the power. If I ever have a specific situation that gives me ire. <laughs> I, I hope that never happens It'll to be moved over to Naughty. Great. With this. <laughs> okay, great. Hit me. All right. Naughty or nice? Puck. Oh. From Midsummer Night's Dream. Naughty or nice? Ooh, the mercurial impish puck. Ooh. Catch me, catch me. Puck, naughty or nice. I really got to think about this because my instinct, of course, is nice because what a fun treat. But Mm -hmm. also he does hypnotize people, which I think I'm against. Yeah. And at the end, he, well, I guess Oberon hypnotizes people permanently, huh? It's such a complicated situation when you're raised in a broken home. That's right. You know, and it's like, you, do you punish the child who is making it harder for the rest of the class to learn? Or do you talk to the parents? Run away, love. Run away, I used to run away, too. This is a Mary J. Blige fan cast. She's going to be in the Super Bowl halftime show, and we're getting ready. If y'all haven't watched the Runaway Love music video, just do it. It's sad. <laughs> It's so, so it's a really good use sad. of your time. It's a very but good. at the very end of the video, Ludacris goes, I want you to do something for me right now. Talking about a bunch of 13-year-olds. I want you to close your eyes and imagine us running away together. And when we get back, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Open your eyes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Mary J. Blige is just riffing <laughs> in the background. It's awesome. Yeah. Puck is naughty. <laughs> Puck he does naughty. bad things. Yeah, he does bad things. <laughs> he permanently makes Demetrius think he's in love with someone he's not in love he's with. He's nice because he like is the vehicle on which the show runs. You know? Which is nice for us, the audience. Yeah, there would be no conflict. But long term, that's naughty. naughty that's naughty. Great. Cool. Glad we could settle that. And mention Mary J. Blige. Open your eyes. Okay. Shows set in decades. What I mean by this is that you will often see, usually with the comedies, but just as often with the dramas, you will see things set in the 1920s because it's uh, speakeasy, or the 1930s because it's the Depression, or we're going to do much about no- much ado about nothing, but it's going to be a disco 70s version. <laughs> and that's how people do their hot takes. This is a complicated question. It sure is, isn't it? Yeah, this is a good one. Uh-huh. Because my instinct is to say, naughty. Don't right. do that shit. Because people do that, for the sake of doing something different. Yes. And so you completely shove aside the actual story in right. any of the historical context. And you don't have to, like, every time you do a Shakespeare show, you do not have to honor the historical context in which it was written. But it completely informs, you know, Shakespeare was such a political writer. Yeah. And so it completely informs everything that he's writing about the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when you just willy-nilly set it in the, a, a decade That's just right. so you can do fun costumes, That's it's like, right. why are you telling this story? Mm-hmm. Are you telling the story because you are bored with Shakespeare? Yeah. Because that's what I receive as an audience yeah. member, that you just don't like his shows very much. Pop off, sis. Snap. Fucking read her. Fucking okay, snap off. Snapping. Okay, sis, you didn't have to snap that hard. It's the wig snatch for me. But it can be such a useful tool when... I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but, you know, if you're trying to tell a story about, if I were to do... Um, Gangs of New York, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. If you were to do Gangs of New York, Romeo and Juliet to talk about the 2008 housing collapse. Sure, 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 sure. It's, like, useful to use decades yeah. as a, a catch-all. Yeah. To have we're going to do Cymbeline set during the dot-com bubble burst. <laughs> no, that's what I want. I, that's Okay, so I, I, I'm going to say decades is naughty because what I want now are specific years. I want 1967 in Verona, Spain in on this street yes. in this neighborhood from 7.08 a.m. I want at all times a clock on the stage and a calendar telling me where we are exactly so I can go out in your mission and Google it and make sure it's accurate. Hey! That's wow. right. <laughs> that is exactly the kind of stuff I love to see. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Absolutely. Uh, give me work as an audience member. I know that sounds like a joke, but I I, I do. I more. like doing I, research. I, that's why I like Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> yeah. I like to do work. Yeah. I'm going to do a production of Midsummer Night's Dream set in the 80s to talk about NFTs. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> The text supports it. Yeah. Because you can you can talk about the seeds of NFTs being planted in the 80s. Exactly. I mean, the 80s was all about like, whoa, the technological era. I mean, act two of Sunday in the Park with George talking about Sondheim again, you know. Uh, I'm going to do a Hamlet set in the 80s and everyone's going to be on coke and it'll be so fast. Oh, my God. Yeah. It'll be over one act. One act. But all the text. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say naughty for the decades. That's my final decision. Nice if we get more specific, but if it's just a lazy decade pick. That's true. Naughty. It's on. Because us making it naughty forces people 
to reassess why they're telling the story. That's true. I mean, every time we say something on this podcast, it immediately enters the zeitgeist. And we have to start thinking responsibly about that. That's true. That's yeah. true. I'm not going to, but I, I'm, I'd like you to do that. So I don't have to have that responsibility. Rihanna, release your album. <laughs> Congratulations on your baby. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about her first billion. Um, <laughs> congrats on your babies. No good billionaires. You too, ASAP. Um, okay. Is that me? Did you just ask me one? No. Um, oh, you one, yeah. Naughty or nice, Lady Macbeth. I almost wrote that. Now that's freaky. Oh my God. This is fun um, because I like, I think she's enjoyable character. So I want to say nice, but uh, literally she's naughty. She's literally naughty. She's literally naughty. She's full of knots. That's why she can't sleep. <laughs> oh man. But it's just because she, uh, she is so frustrated at being trapped where she is as a woman in society. Right. And she has such ambitions. And mm-hmm. she, if she just were in that shawl. Yeah. Yes. This week on Snapped. And it's like, uh, if she were in Macbeth's position. Mm-hmm. She would, would kill. She would kill. Indiscriminately. How would we feel about her? Would we immediately be like, she is naughty? I'm going to be honest with you. If she was a woman, I'd be, I'd be behind it 100%. Oh, if well, you're yeah. asking if a man Macbeth character had really Macbeth's traits and characteristics, I'd probably hate him. No, if if she were a woman. Yeah. But in the power, the position of power that Macbeth is in and takes it upon herself to do these acts without having to, like, coerce someone into them because she's like, I know what I need to do to get a higher station. I would say lean in, sister. Mm -hmm. I would say War of the Roses, who? It's time for the girls. (laughs) Where are the girls? It's time for the girls. Someone get the girls. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to say she's nice. I almost was like, because Richard III, but he's, but we love he's Richard pointedly III. naughty. Yeah, he's pointedly naughty, and you love him for it. And you love him for it. Well, so by that definition, though, I would say Lady Macbeth is naughty, but it's like with a smile and a wink. Yes. So there it is. Yeah. This is the first naughty that goes on our list that's secretly naughty. Yeah, naughty. Wink. <laughs> okay. Naughty or nice. The Taming of the Shrew. Just that play, The Taming of the Shrew. For those who don't know, The Taming of the Shrew is about a guy who has a bet. So this girl can't get married unless her older sister gets married. But everyone hates her older sister and says she sucks. So this guy is like, I bet I can marry the older sister and I can break her. And then uh, the twist of the play is that he does. He just does. He breaks her. And then at the end, she's the perfect demure woman. And she gives a speech about deferring to your husband. Subversive, I would say. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I brought this up because there's a potential nice, because at the very last scene, he's like making a bet with all the other gentlemen that his wife can be the most proper and she comes in and she is and he wins. You could make it nice if she's helping him count the money afterwards because yeah. they were running a con together. There you go. But that is not at all supported by the text. So I will be saying naughty. Mm-hmm. And that would have to be set in the 1920s. And we've already nixed that. <laughs> we've already nixed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't do that. Um, yeah. I don't know Taming of the Shrew well enough, but it's because anything I've read from it is it's, about that. it's, it, it's unholy. <laughs> <laughs> it's ungodly. Or maybe it is holy and that's Too the holy. problem. Too holy. Holier than thou. Yeah. I was like, okay. okay. Kind of hard to be holier than me, honey. Okay. Ask all of West Hollywood. <laughs> ask them. Call them now. Do they, do they talk about me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Naughty or nice, King Lear making his daughters prove their love. 
to him at the beginning of King Lear. Much like with an earlier question, the nice part is that we get a little story. Mm -hmm. Unequivocally naughty. Yeah. Bad. And then one of them is so clearly the correct one. I know. Uh, no. Yeah. No. I mean, Men. he's giving them everything if they prove it. In that exact moment, though, he's yeah. like, not at all. That's what pisses me off about this. I know. Scene, is that he's just considering that exact moment in time like a big, dumb dummy. I think Lear is dumb. He's not complicated. He's just stupid. He's a dumb old man. <laughs> <laughs> Old. That's right. Sit down. Delete it, old, bald man. <laughs> so that's naughty. Yeah, it's naughty, unequivocally. Yeah. I don't know why I put that. Well, you know. <laughs> I really thought I was going to say something helpful. I didn't. Okay. Naughty or nice. Having a twin who is a different gender than you, then they die, then you dress up as them, then you fall in love with someone above your station, then your twin is alive, then you're married. A lot nice. to unpack here. Is it not even nice? Um, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be nice. It's, it's a fun adventure, at least. It's an awful situation. At the beginning. And you have to make the best out of it. You're right. Because we're talking about Viola. Well, we're talking, we're talking about, about I mean, Rosalind. Just, uh, yes. The answer is she yes. He doesn't have a twin. We're talking about about half of his comedies. Yeah. Um, in which a woman says anything that's not matronly. And then she's playing with gender. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I would say, I, I actually wasn't sure when I said it, but after saying it all out loud, hero's journey. Absolutely. Going through hardship in order to prove a love and also having yeah. such a good story afterwards. And I'd like it to go on the record. If I had a twin and they died, I am absolutely impersonating them at some point. <laughs> If even just for fun. It w yeah. At the funeral for a laugh. It's how I cope. <laughs> I've lost my best friend. <laughs> in yeah. the modern world with technology, it would be more difficult, you know. Even for us? Because if I tried it, it'd be a TikTok, you know. Someone would catch it. Even for us, the ones who made a joke about Joe Monet Ramsey pretty recently, the idea of someone at their twin's funeral dressed as their twin <laughs> screaming, this is how I cope, is pretty dark for us. I think everything you said after that, I didn't hear because my ears were like underwater. That it was really impactful <laughs> when I thought about that scene. It was, I can't think of anything sadder. You just can't judge someone else, you know? You don't know what they're going through. Every single person you see, you don't know what they're going through. Every single person you see, you don't know what they're going through. <laughs> <laughs> so if I had a twin now, I probably wouldn't impersonate them because sure. it'd be too hard. But back then... No, no technology, yeah. no one to catch me, you mm -hmm. know. And if it's like my only way of survival, yeah. Viola was smart. She's like, I'm a, a noble. A noble. A young woman. Yeah. I have n no connections anymore. It's coming of age. Yeah. It's agencies discovering your own agency and then discovering your lover. And even if you get divorced, I think that journey's worth it. And yeah. we're going to put that on the nice list. That's damn right. Yeah. God, I feel good. Yeah. That expelled something. Um, one final one. Great. Naughty or nice? Malvolio. I played Malvolio in college, if you're wondering about the silence. I played Olivia in that same production. That's when we fell in love. And kissed so much. And made passionate, passionate love backstage, and that's why we can't do it anymore. Sarah Becker was our director and was like, it's not the right choice. Please stop kissing. <laughs> Malvolio, naughty or nice. Malvolio, as he is in the play, 
I would have to say is naughty because he's an asshole. Yeah. So Malvolio in the play is just this steward who's in love with the lady of the house. And the whole joke is that they make they make him think that um, she's in love with him through this like secret letter or whatever. But then he gets his heart broken and he talks in um, prose the whole play. So there's no rhythm or scanning or anything to what he says. And then he gets his heart destroyed. And then suddenly he talks in uh, verse and it's quite beautiful. And that's why I would say the nice list because I think he's changed. That's why Twelfth Night is so good because every single character in that show is naughty on the surface. And when you come to the end of it, everyone's nice. You, We have got to do a North Pole theme Twelfth Night. <laughs> Set in the 1930s. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Depression on, era elves. <laughs> elf suffragettes. The elf women can't work. Okay. We are on to something. <laughs> we are on to something. Fuck. You know what? Fuck. Let's go back to the list. Let's get that decades thing off the naughty list. Uh, we're doing it. It's going into the nice Just list. Just got to be decade and one other thing. <laughs> it's set in the 1860s and everyone's a bear. Set in the 1860s. <laughs> Not much, much has changed, changed but we're all bears. bears. <laughs> Victory! <laughs> we did it! <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> okay. Shall so Malvolio is nice. Malvolio is nice. Yeah, he's, nice. he's a good guy. He's ultimately. a nile boy, but he ultimately he has he's a nice heart. You're so mean to him. Yeah. Do you have any more? I do not. I am totally out. Wrong. Right. Shall we move on? I actually yes. would like to get up and walk around for a second. Okay. <laughs> we are gonna take a break then. Okay, right. we're gonna do a new twist on an old classic. We're doing fantasy casting. Sudden death. So, so, so sudden death. <laughs> so the way this works is, we have four Shakespeare shows: A Midsummer Night's Dream, Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, and The Tempest. We have them on a wheel that we're gonna spin. Kelsey and I have each picked a, a, a book or a TV show or something with a cast of characters. So Kelsey's going to spin the wheel. Whatever show she lands on, she has to cast that Shakespeare play with the list of characters I've come up with for her. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Great. All right, Will, I'm going to spin the wheel. And we're going to see what show you're casting. Do you have a decade yet? Oh, shit. No, I don't. We'll figure it out. Midsummer Night's Dream. <gasps> okay, that's the one. Okay, that's Okay, you know what? <laughs> I should have mentioned this at the top. I know the uh, Midsummer Night's Dream almost backwards and forwards. I've been in it twice. I've seen it six million times. And so this couldn't have worked out better. I have pulled up the thing Kelsey wants me to cast with. My hand is hovering over it right now, and I'm about to remove it. I am casting a Midsummer Night's Dream with Alice in Wonderland characters. It's perfect Appropriate. Show in cast apt. Hair. Totally apt. Well, we, first of all, Cheshire Cat. Well, hold on. Yeah, Cheshire Cat is fully Puck. Cheshire yeah, Cat's Puck. 100%. Who else do we got on here? Helena, Hermia, Lysander, Demetrius. Okay, let's do all of these. Oh, my God. Helena and Hermia. 
are going to be Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Partially because there's a lot of jokes about their height difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really nice to have people with at perfect eye level going, Go, you painted maypole. Aren't thou so much taller than I? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, bit machine. <laughs> it's a bit machine. Demetrius, who's a complete asshole, is going to um, have to be um, the rabbit. Who, frankly, the white rabbit is an officious prick. You heard it here first. And Lysander, who's fine but boring, will be Alice. I don't think Alice Little is boring, but compared to the character, the kooky cast of characters, she finds herself in Berlin. Yeah. Uh, who do we have left in Midsummer? Titania, Oberon, and Bottom. Titania, Oberon, Puck, and the Mechanicals slash Bottom. Titania will be played by the Caterpillar. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> that way when Bottom wakes up in her bed, she's like, who are you? Titania the Fairy Queen is played by the Caterpillar. <laughs> and he's always doing drugs, so that makes sense that she was drugged. That is inspired. <laughs> wow. Uh, Oberon is going to be... Um, who does that leave? Oberon has got to be, I guess, the Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter's annoying, Oberon's annoying, that kind of tracks. But that yeah. was mostly set up so that then um, Nick Bottom the Weaver, who turns into the donkey and is mostly the comic relief, will be played by the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> because then she gets the fantastic opportunity when she wakes up to say, Off with my head? <laughs> awesome! <laughs> wow! Yeah, and we get to see the Queen of Hearts lying in bed with a caterpillar doing socks. <laughs> what decade will this be said? In? That's, uh, well, I mean, like, you probably guessed just from um, all the stuff I said, but we're going, um, <laughs> uh, but we're going to go with uh, six, we're going to go with 600. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, 600 B.C.E. No, uh, no, A.D. After the death of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I believe is what A.D. stands for. Mm -hmm. Um, 600 A.D., the the Normans, the Normans were invading. The Normans. The Normandy. Um, (laughs) And I believe that was the time when the the Goths and the Visigoths were like, guys, honestly, let's stop fighting. We're basically the same thing. Um, I think so. So that's probably where I'm going to put my midsummer with Alice in Wonderland. So you're saying that Normandy was a place in 600 AD? That's when Norman invaded it, yeah. Mm. I'm just going to Google it. No! I'm very curious. Normandy became a place. The name Normandy occurred occurs in the history of World War II as the site. Okay, that's not, no. That's Tell not me telling Normandy me. Normandy was founded. Um, it became part of France in 1450, so it's looking good so far. Yeah, that's, um, that was a backup. Normandy, I'm not getting what I want. Why is it called Normandy? <laughs> from the Vikings. The Vi- the yeah. It comes from the conquest and subsequent settlement of the area by the Northmen. Also called Vikings. Great. So it's going to be about the Vikings uh, living in Normandy, and it's going to be the cast of Alice in Wonderland with a bunch of helmets and horns on them. Awesome. Yeah. And it's going to be cold. It's going to be so cold. It's going to be very chilly. Cool. That's it. That was 
fascinating. Casting. It was rewarding. Yeah. I really like to do it. Are you ready to do yours? Yeah. Kelsey, you will be doing Romeo and Juliet. <gasps> we each got the show we know best. Yeah. That's awesome. Just off the record, I just want to say I feel like Romeo and Juliet is Shakespeare's best work. You really do. I really do. Okay. I think it is air fucking tight. Okay. It is really beautiful language. Yeah. The stories are really interesting. Yeah. You have a young female protagonist that is the lead. Yes, she is the lead. And she's still in a romantic entanglement. Yeah, it's good. And she's the strongest character. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I just I'm, had to I'm say not that. arguing with you. Okay. Okay, I'm not a arguing. A lot of people like to shit on Romeo and Juliet because <laughs> they've seen too many bad high school productions. No, but I don't... it's got every, it's got comedy, it's got it's like Thai food, it has every flavor. Yes. We're agreed. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for letting me say that. Thank you for letting me speak my truth and for validating me. <laughs> okay. So Romeo and Juliet, I am casting, and my casting pool is Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> We both How did cute, cute ones. We did really cute ones. Aww. This is a cute episode. Romeo and Juliet. Paris is going to be Eeyore, for sure. Yes, Paris, the one who, honestly, he didn't do anything wrong. He was betrothed to a lovely Absolutely. girl, and he had no idea about any of that shit. Yeah, he filled his position, and yeah. I'm sure he was confounded. From a third household, unalike in dignity, so he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> All right, I'm changing it. Okay. Eeyore... Is Malvolio. <laughs> the funny, the comic relief character. Because so much of what he is, says is like, it, he's like pining after Romeo. And yeah. whether it's romantic or platonic, that's sure. I'm not arguing that here. Yeah. But he's always like, you know. I mean, I would Romeo just... Romeo spends all his time with Juliet these days. Yes. And Eeyore can be very funny. He's just moping around. I mean, yeah. I would love to hear the line reading, Well, they've made worms meat of me. <laughs> yeah, I want that. Yeah. Um, because Paris has to be Kanga and the people of Verona have to be Rue. <laughs> Paris is carrying around all the people of Verona in his pouch. He's an honorable man. He's gigantic. He's the honorable wife. Yeah. And then, let's see. Are the people of Verona tiny or is Paris huge? Paris is huge. (laughs) And the people are tiny. They're smaller than usual. They have to fit in the pouch. Yeah, right. (laughs) There's a lot. Verona is a big place. So we're going to make the nurses tigger. Oh, yeah, that energy. Yep. And then... uh, Friar Lawrence is Piglet. A little worrier. Yeah. Even though the whole time Friar is like, chill, bruh. Stop crying. No, this Friar would be like, if you take this poison, it should work. Yeah. And then, let's see, did I do the owl? I don't think so. Owl is going to be Juliet. Okay. Because she is the wisest character. She is the wisest. And then... So J- Romeo then would be Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He opens up. He's so sad. He's like, oh, bother. Yeah. So that makes. And he's Tibble- only happy if he has that honey pot. Okay. Okay. And that makes Tibble the rabbit, which makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> because he's dexterous. He's a grump. Oh, because yeah. he's dexterous. Oh, yeah, he's yeah a that's grump. what I was thinking. <laughs> 
That was that a challenge. Sense. I know. <laughs> that was a real challenge. I was hoping it would be Hamlet for Winnie the Pooh, but... You can ask me what decade I said it Yeah, what's the year? What decade? 1970s, because I like bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to say anything about Vietnam. Paris with his bell bottoms could uh, level cities. Just with all that fabric swishing around. That's it's true. dangerous. That's true. But that also makes it interesting. All those sword fights with um, all that pant fabric to get on your rapier. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, come just on. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just Googling the Vietnam War. Why? Oh, I was right. 70s. It can't be the 70s. All right. I was like, that's the 60s. So rabbit but... just got, j- rabbit is shell-shocked in this version then. Tibble, yeah, rabbit just got roll, back from Yeah, it's roll, Roll. But everything else is disco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His rapier is a carrot. Oh, fun. Uh, you sold me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And Romeo's not wearing pants. <gasps> Just yeah. like Pooh. Oh, and the reason Romeo couldn't resist taking the poison is because it's in a jar that says H-U-N-N-Y. Yeah. So he's like, it's really less about um, the sadness and more about, oh, I shouldn't. But, oh, it's so succulent. <laughs> that is so true. That's why okay, he does. Okay, good. That's good. Beautiful. Fantasy casting. Fun and cute. Fun Death. and cute is what that was. Death was sudden and swift and unforgiving and cold and warm. All right. Hot. Hot. It's hot. It's hot. piping hot. <laughs> I'll take this opportunity to say if you're looking for... Uh, other Shakespeare materials like uh, myself I'm really interested in like the time period mm-hmm. Shakespeare's England um, and so James Shapiro oh, has yeah. a line of books that are really really fascinating yeah. his research is insane uh, and he's such a wonderful writer so any of his books The Year of Lear others mm. and then also I listened to uh, the Folger Shakespeare library or the oh the Fol- podcast yes yes yeah um they have a podcast and they just have different guests on it. It's always something different yeah. um, from writers to bakers and, you know, oh, cool. just people that have an interest in Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so those are a couple of recommend- recommendations. Yeah, for you so fucking now. nerds out there. And the new Macbeth movie. The new Macbeth movie is so good. It's so oh, good. Oh, you should go see it. Also, it's like 90 minutes, yeah. which is awesome. They keep it tight. And it is like a German expressionist. It's so beautiful yeah. and kind of hypnotic. It is a wonderful film adaptation. Yeah, really, like, I really. feel like if you're going to adapt Shakespeare to film, yeah. y- that's a, a great whatever. Yeah. North if you, Star. If you don't know Macbeth, watch it alone with subtitles. And try not to have people talking too much during it. <laughs> yeah. Because it is really good if you can follow the story. Absolutely. Um, I think that's it for us this week. We're shakes out. I'm yeah, shooken. Shake Shock the fuck out. Shocks. You can follow us on Instagram at kiki underscore quest. You can email us at kikiquestpodcast at gmail.com if you like agree or disagree or think we got a question totally wrong. And we might read it on air if you disagree hard enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can tweet us at kikiquestpod. Yeah. We're going to be working harder to try to interact more with y'all yes uh we put out a, a, a single poll a week ago or so mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna be doing those a little more often we want to um, know what you want to hear yeah maybe putting out a little more content as well yeah. um so yeah please make your voice heard let us hear what Boat. you're thinking what you're feeling yeah um and rates and reviews are yes, please, incredibly please. helpful. Yes, if you write out a review, if you just oh. take your little thumbs and write out a little review, that would make my week. Absolutely. And I'd give you a little kissy. 
I'll, I guarantee you one little kissy if you if you want one and you are in Chicago and you write a review. I'll give you a little kissy. We got business cards. We, so if you write a review, we will both put on lipstick and, and kiss, we'll kiss the business it. card and mail it to you. We will actually do that. Yeah. That's fun. That I like sounds that. fun. Cool. We're going to do that. Um, next week, we'll be back with Alice in Wonderland. Wahoo. So join us for that. Until then, we'll see you, babies. Bye. Have a wonderful week. We love you.